Welcome to the podcast. This is Tom Takar, and I am, of course, joined by the Prince of Snarkness, Tommy McNamara. Against all odds, we're here again. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a little bit of a kooky episode because uh, we had um, we had Pat Oswalt. There's no there's no uh, dilly dallying about it. Uh, you saw it on the title of the episode. Yeah, so quickly, yeah, just, uh, yeah, quick backstory. So basically, I had contacted Patton and asked if uh, he would, he's here in New York promoting uh, Michelle McNamara's book, which is incredible, which everyone should buy. It's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. But I had messaged him asking if he had any, would have any time to do the podcast. And uh, he said he could squeeze it in, which was amazing. We were so excited. Yeah. But I had described what the podcast was in my message, and he had never, like, said, what band he would do sure. or like so we had kind of had no idea yeah this is the first time we've gone into the podcast completely blind we didn't prepare at all before so we, we did thought, it yeah we kind of thought like maybe we'd just talk about music in general or right we, or we like we're like looking up like oh he was in a weezer video we could talk about that mm-hmm. and then right before we start recording uh we find out we have about half an hour to record and Ben just goes i'm gonna do phil collins then we hit record and just started doing <laughs> we had it. to record immediately yeah. um which obviously we were grateful to do what a what a gem of a man. Oh, yeah, know? he's the best. But just know that... Uh, You're a Pam of a man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about Phil Collins. And don't be mad about that. <laughs> yeah, don't be mad at us about this. Uh, I was born in 1990. He w- he had been dead for years by then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did, uh, in retrospect, uh, we reached out on Facebook, and we did a little bit of homework. But um, Patton, uh, honestly, uh, gave... A great argument without uh, needing. We didn't have to do a lot of the normal bullshit we have to do for some of these low name <laughs> guests. Every guest we had before this is a nobody, <laughs> <laughs> and we're resentful that they even came on. From now on, it's Patton Oswalt level or bust. So this is the last episode of Stand by Your Band. <laughs> Um, but no, um, we went to Facebook, uh, and after the fact, and, uh, we got some fun comments about Phil Collins, <laughs> our dear friend, uh, the Dick Princess herself, Melinda Cashner. That's a, her nickname from the old podcast. She says, uh, the shape of his head is gross and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at, uh, we referenced the, uh, the album cover, uh, in the episode, uh, Patton talks about the one that looks like Phil Collins is in hell. Um, uh, no jacket required, which was actually an homage to Blink One Day Two's "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Of course, and people don't uh, people didn't realize that what they were doing, but or what he was doing. But Phil Collins does have a time machine. <laughs> this is the one thing he used it for. Um, yeah, I kind of went into it. The first thing I thought of when he said Phil is it was truly like a pop quiz. Like he said Phil Collins, and you just start racking your brain about everything. Yeah. We're like Genesis. And he goes, and we're not going to talk about Genesis. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> we're both wearing Genesis shirts. Like, oh, no. I just immediately went, Tarzan. <laughs> You'll hear it in the show. Um, I don't know why I'm giving you all, everything we talked about. But uh, here's some uh, some commentary here. I like what Joe Mc- McAdams said here. He's a frequent commenter and dear friend and hilarious comedian. Says, uh, dude looks like a nerd, but he's probably pretty chill. Um, our friend Liz Maupin, uh, creator of, uh, one of the creators or co-producers of Late Late Breakfast, uh, says, I was in a very crowded restaurant last week when In the Air Tonight came on. I minded, uh, I mimed the greatest drum solo slash fill of all time. I cannot mime, I cannot not mime that enthusiastically every time I hear it. I'm, 
I'm talking I threw my hair around and shit, too. Damn. I think that, that says a lot, you know, because that song is so fun. We've all done that. Everybody's done whether it. Whether you're in your car or whether you're drunk or, or maybe you're both. <laughs> or maybe that's one of the ways to listen to music we've never talked about. Drunk. But I just, you're such a booze hound. I just attribute that to all of them. <laughs> you fucking booze bag. All right. Um, let's hear a little bit of In the Air tonight, just as a refresher. So throughout the episode, uh, Patton referenced some, some songs. We didn't have time to play them uh, while we were sitting with them. So we're just going to feed, we're going to play little samples uh, while we're sitting here in this very moment. So this is the uh, the song In the Air tonight. Which I, I think that's like the quintessential the Phil Collins commercial. Of course. Yep. <laughs> the commercial for selling Phil Collins. Yep. Sorry if that made an annoying noise just now. This is in the air tonight. I'm gonna skip forward a little bit. So we can't hear this right now, but I know that it's playing in my heart. Uh boy, I hope it is. Um So uh, I don't know exactly what part it's playing. Hopefully, it's the drum part that's fun. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> it could be. We've gotten lucky before. That's true. All right. Well, that was in the air tonight. I have no idea which part you listen to, which is kind of fun. You want to guess, Tommy? Uh, I no. Think it was, uh... <laughs> the answer is no. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, let's read another comment here. Uh, this is my friend Jeff Lefebvre from Bloomington, Indiana, p- formerly a member of Who's On First, my improv troupe in college. This is going to be our most listened to episode, <laughs> and you just named your Look, improv troupe. I don't troupe. know why I did that. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I, didn't, I don't even care about that improv troupe. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, he says, I've been an avid Phil Collins uh fan i guess he's trying to say since i was a sad 16 year old i've heard in the air tonight so many times that i've grown repulsed of it the air drum drop isn't that great also we got his ass kicked by kokomo's own wwf champion the ultimate warrior with gilbert Gottfried as a manager in uh his two hearts music video so that's our that's our thoughts what? from Facebook. <laughs> some wrestling trivia for those of you who care uh, speaking of caring, let's hear a little bit of I Don't Care Anymore, nice. uh, which is uh, another song that Patton talks about on the episode. again we have no idea which is played so hopefully it sounded good and pleasant um let's uh let's jump to against all odds let's skip forward again Now that one I like. <laughs> it is great that I, I mentioned this in the episode, but there was a guy who did that on The Voice, and it was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that is like it's funny. I think our generation has that, and re- like we get to be like, oh yeah, I saw uh, Kelly Clarkson kill that song. Yeah. On a, like uh, what's that song that Clay Aiken did really well? The bridge, bridge over uh, troubled water. That's how I'll always remember that song. Yeah, he wrote it though. <laughs> <laughs> what a song. 
If I was invisible. Now that's you would you'd love to be invisible. You sick fuck. <laughs> you hollow man ass. All right, the last song that we uh we're going to play that Patton uh references in the episode is uh a little ditty called One More Night. So here is a little piece of that. All right, that's one more night. Uh, one more night, more night. <laughs> <laughs> what a song and what an episode, um, Tommy. This is I'm I'm so psyched that we this is great. Yes, this is amazing. And uh, if you're very annoyed that we haven't started listening to Patton yet, here, here you go. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stand by Your Band, the podcast where comedians defend shitty music. We're here uh, recording where we always record in the New York Public Library. <laughs> uh, we do every episode back here. Of course, every time we sneak in right as they're closing. Yep, that's always the best. <laughs> seem aggravated, but we're here, and uh, we're happy to be here. Oh. We have a huge guest this week. Let's introduce him. Pat Oswald. Hi, listeners. How you doing? Um, I hope you enjoy what I have to say while you're checking your emails and <laughs> uh, playing uh, Flash games online. Enjoy. <laughs> Pat, thanks so much for coming on. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I was glad to come, man. Of course. You're also going to be on our uh, Me and Nikki's radio show tomorrow, which is the same time this comes out. So, wow. Competitor. Uh, Double tap Patton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pat, do you have any, uh, so on this podcast, like I said before, we talk about shitty music, or music that, Easy. music <laughs> that people shit upon. That, that, yes, say. shit upon music. <laughs> Very good. Right. Um, yes, and do I just introduce who I'm going to be defending? Yeah, yeah. who would you like to discuss today? I would like to discuss, and I'm going to make this hard on myself, I'm going to discuss Phil Collins, and my defense will not include... Any of his work in Genesis. I'm ah. just going to focus on uh, Tarzan. <clears throat> on his solo stuff. Yeah, <laughs> on the exactly. work in Tarzan. Yep. <laughs> on the work in Tarzan, which uh, he beat Amy Mann for an Oscar. Is that oh, right? Wow. Yeah, she was up. I always tease her whenever I would introduce her on stage. I would go, please welcome Oscar runner-up. <laughs> Loser to Phil Collins' monkey cartoon love song, oh Amy Mann. Yeah, because she was up for Magnolia. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, Phil Collins, who... Um, here's the thing about Phil Collins that, that I'm going to defend. Yes, he does very, very uh, uh, seemingly calculated pop fizz. But... What he is, what I contend that he's been doing is he has been smuggling a very, very dark and complicated autobiography of you know his, his many divorces, some mm. very ugly ones. Yeah, um, in some pop songs. Now later, I mean, early on, he didn't even disguise the uh, the the darkness. Or hey, if you listen to "In the Air Tonight," which I know there's a huge urban myth that he watched a guy. Mm. No, that was if you re- just re-listen to that song. In the uh, in the context of a guy 
who has gone through who, who a relationship has ended in the most ugly way, <laughs> and he's saying like, if you were drowning, Ooh. I would just let you die. Wow, I've seen your face before, but I don't know. Like you wow. think you know me, but I am now. Di- I've come back and I'm different. You have no idea who you're dealing with right now. Think of it as a guy preparing to go through divorce proceedings with someone, and he is. He is psychotic with anger, mm-hmm. and 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 then songs like um, um, "I Don't Care Anymore," uh, which I, I don't care anymore. I can't believe that hasn't been used in like a dark, vengeful action film. I mean, that is a grim, creepy, very stark, mm-hmm. stripped down song. You hear that, um, John Wick Three? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, and then, then there's another song of his called "I I Can't Believe It's True." Which is, it's almost like he did it as the opposite of I don't care. I don't care anymore sounds like it's angry. The lyrics for I can't believe it's true are just as angry, but it sounds like this kind of pop fizz fun, mm. and it takes you a while. It's almost like when you listen to um, um, Outkast's Hey Ya, which was this really fun dance tune, but it's, the song is about a very ugly divorce oh, yeah. that they hid as a fun like Motown dance song, yeah. which I was love when people and- do that. Was that an Andre or Big Boy? That's Andre. Uh, Andre went through a very, very bad divorce. People say that about our podcast, too. It seems like we're joking around, but if you listen closely... We both are going through turmoil. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, he he also would do songs... um, Again, No Jacket Required was the first album I ever bought. Oh, wow. First First jacket I ever bought. Um, The thing that... The the kind of... A couple of clues on there is like, it's Phil Collins, No Jacket Required. This... (laughs) I get it because it's casual. (laughs) But the picture on the front, he's lit in red. It's just his face... Oh, lit yeah. in red, and there's beads of sweat. It's almost like he's, he's like he's burning in hell. Yeah, it's a terrifying album cover. Yeah, it's it a terrifying like album the cover. Devil, for right, sure. and then the, um, some of the songs. I mean, you know, the studio is just you know what I love what Sussudio. fits into this. But yeah, what, not wrong with the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but then like take me home and um, turn it off, or you know, or about just urban alienation and 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 basically you know take me home is about a guy. Dying in an insane asylum, basically. Oh, wow. You know, it's really, really. So, I, I do like someone just like I loved '50s directors like Douglas Sirk, who could smuggle stuff about you know homosexuality and racism mm-hmm. into these seemingly kind of bubbly, fizzy um, entertainments. Phil Collins was doing that with pop music in the '80s. You know, e- even something like um, against. Against the odds, or against all odds, which he did mm. for that movie. Yeah, that is a, that is a very uh, that is a searing opening of of a soul and a heart, disguised as this. You know, someone was pointing out like during the height of punk, um, groups like Steely Dan that they're all like, well, they're just singing songs for like yuppies to hook up to in yeah, fern yeah. bars. But if you listen to the the lyrics, are just vicious, mm. way more vicious, especially about love. Then a lot of punk songs had yeah. a very sour sure. worldview. So and I just love when people disguise something as something else, and then people miss it. I love that. I just also know? want to say, there's nothing wrong with yuppies hooking up. That's how most of us. <laughs> that's how most of us podcast. came about. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was this, who was this guy like that? That one of the kings of light rock, that guy Dan Fogelberg. It was like, yeah, yeah. Dan. Fo- I'm in. Listen to Sex but it's not Dan Fogelberg. But then he's there's a song he wrote called. Um, so hard to say or hard to tell. But again, it's this very poppy, fun, upbeat song with the 
darkest lyrics about relationships and human mm. beings that he hides as this fun, oh, we'll play this on the docks while our boat's moored mm. and we're having a couple of sangrias, <laughs> but the lyrics are not about life is beautiful. It's yeah. about you're probably going to get your heart stomped on. Ooh. You know, so... <coughs> How do you feel about Jimmy Buffett? Because yeah. his lyrics are a little bit, if you really delve in, I feel like a lot of those are a little depressing. Well, you know what was weird was... He wrote Margaritaville for Elvis. He shot yeah. that around. It was written specifically for Elvis. Mm-hmm. And his people heard it and said, well, this sounds... Because it's a song about just depression and alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like, I, hmm, I don't know about this. <laughs> and, and a lot of his songs later, once he realized, oh, I can be the, 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 the fun-loving pirate. Yeah, but yeah. that song in particular, there is a lot of like personal... Mm-hmm. You know, and also he was really good friends with Hunter S. Thompson, so he, you know, he had some weird. That's wild. Him. I didn't know that they co-wrote a song together. That's instead. What do, do you know? What I it forget. Is? It's something about the legend of, and I cannot remember the name. Mm-hmm. Beer but, and so, loathing in Margaritaville. I think it's called legend, <laughs> the legend of cheeseburger yeah. in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some suddenly bats were flying out of the blender, man, <laughs> and I saw like, you know, my hammock turned into a vagina with teeth. It's like, whoa, what the hell, dude? That's the name of a burger, actually, on the menu. <laughs> I mean, how much your 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 guys are a, a generation removed from me? Mm-hmm. I don't think Phil Collins got a lot of radio play when you were coming up. He was he was everywhere mm-hmm. when I was growing up. He was like a one man Beatles. He very famously what is it? He played Live Aid in London. Got on the Concord. One way or the other, he basically did that crazy zip back through time. He played mm-hmm. both Live Aids. That's insane. In the day. I feel like know. I always got him like secondhand in pop culture where it was like seeing Mike Tyson drum along in The Hangover. Yeah. Right. Or right. seeing, uh, you know, in American Psycho, the monologue where Susudio's playing in the background and he's talking about Phil Collins. I always got him kind of like that way. And then I would hear, I would hear someone sing uh, Against All Odds on The Voice. And I would be like, <laughs> but I just like, because I never really listened to Phil Collins, so I would hear it in these weird ways. And then. Yeah, he was, a, it was weird. He was this, he was a showbiz kid. Um, you know, he's an extra in Hard Day's Night. He's in the audience wow. watching oh, wow. the Beatles when he's a teenager. Did a lot of, like, British kid shows. Mm-hmm. And then kind of fell into that 70s psychedelica. And he became this, he was the drummer to get. You know, he, I mean, again, at Live Aid, when Zeppelin played, he was the drummer. They're like, yeah, get Phil that out here. He'll, mm-hmm. He can do, you know, he his drum stuff is very, very complex. And he drummed to the point. Where he couldn't, he damaged his hands. He gave himself mm-hmm. nerve damage, and I think only recently he literally can't hold drumsticks. Wow. And I think like wow. recently he um, uh, was able to rehabilitate himself so he could drum again. I don't know. I don't even know if he can drum again. Mm-hmm. But that's I mean because he was just non-stop. He was on every album. He was on yeah. the 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 woman from ABBA when she did her solo album. He played the drums on that. He you know she was just this like he was the all that that the the drum effect. In, in the air tonight, I think uh-huh. he actually did first for Peter Gabriel on one of Peter Gabriel's wow. solo albums. And it has a, a name. I don't know enough about drumming. There's a spe- specific effect, and I think he kind of either had a hand in inventing it or discovered it or somehow. So, you know, he, he's just this guy that, yeah, maybe uh, music snobs that are not actually in the industry are like, yeah, Phil Collins. But people in the industry are like, oh, yeah, Phil Collins, that guy. Yeah. You know, he's he's amazing. He's he just mm-hmm. he drums on everything. I just yeah. watched a movie, Sing Street. Did you see that movie, John Carney movie? 
Uh, the guy who made once. Yeah, I, I heard about. It. I didn't see it. No. So there is a line in that movie where uh, a character says, "No woman could ever love a man who listens to Phil Collins." <laughs> Was the actual line That's from up the there movie. with the Coldplay line yeah. from uh, in Forty Year Old Virgin? There's a line. The, uh, you know how I know you're gay. Yeah. You, li- you listen to Coldplay, and that's the foundation of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, really? I like Coldplay. Stone, yeah. and then, that should be in, y- in the opening song or whatever, the little montage yeah. of clips. That's a g- well. Ma- I think make, we make a little make a sound collage. About damn time somebody line. came up with some ideas on this show. We wanted you to be a guest Actually, and also like rescue. A, you should make a sound collage because that line. That you just said, you know, uh-huh. I know you're gay, was in a Coldplay, and then the one about Phil Collins. I bet there's a dozen lines in movies of some character sure. making a flippant, you know, uh, thing. Yeah. Oh, of, um, Nickelback's got to uh, be in there. Uh, Jeff Bridges, I hate the fucking Eagles. The Eagles, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so like you can make a whole. Or the almost famous uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, the Doors were drunken buffoons. You can oh, throw yeah, that and in we could put yeah. lock the gates. <laughs> <laughs> That's never been used. Yeah, well, except that Mark right? uses that for his show. Of course. <laughs> no, what, what does he say about that? He goes, the Doors were drunken buffoons who thought they were poets. And and the, the guests guess who, who at least understood, well, we're just drunken buffoons, mm-hmm. which makes them more fun to listen to. Yeah. I would argue that same thing about Phil Collins. He is a pop music artist who happens to put a lot of his dark personal stuff in his, in his songs, but that's not at the forefront. And that makes him, in my book, <clears throat> way less pretentious and insufferable than a lot of these guys that are all about my feelings. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. got to be the main thing. So there's yeah. something really beautiful about that for me. It's like a blue velvet thing with that, mm-hmm. you know, panning down under the... Yeah, yes. you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Down into <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. loam with the, where the ants and things are killing themselves. And <laughs> yeah, while Laura Dern sunbathes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... And, <clears throat> and apparently... The, and there's, a, there's an interview with Phil a few years ago in... Uh, the in Rolling Stone that is one of the darkest. He basically says, like, I'm probably going to kill myself. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he, he became obsessed with the Alamo, <laughs> and he became the biggest collector of wow. of uh, uh, artifacts from yeah. the Alamo. He just is obsessed with it, and he has this, this whole thing in his basement or something like that. I mean, he's just a fascinating, dark guy that was a uh, just a workaholic that... He was a workaholic, but he wasn't an android. Yeah. He had to disguise, I think, a lot of very, very deep feelings uh, mm. through what seemed like very fun kind of pop culture stuff. That is so bizarre. <laughs> I mean, we've all had our Alamo phase. We have a whole room in our apartment that's dedicated to Alamo artifacts. Well, it's the Tommy's Alamo, room. I mean, I think maybe for him it's because the Alamo is almost like the little Hibernia shootout. It's one of those times in history where huge figures all were in the same place mm-hmm. you know you know um it's santa anna going up against jim Bowie and davy crockett and they're all yeah. like wait a minute Just what mythical, yeah, yeah or, and um uh same with the little hibernia shootout which is melvin purvis going up against john dillinger and babyface nelson and like they're all it's like this is like a this is like a marvel movie right now yeah. this is the closest we got to that for sure so you know <laughs> he was always <clears throat> one of those uh j- just he was around huge figures his whole life. So is he from LA? Is he a California guy? No, uh, Phil Collins Oh, he's is from England. Very very British. British yeah. <clears throat> he could not be more Well, British. the Beatles are from LA. That's I know right. that. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> Across yeah, the from, pond. The Beatles are total Val guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're from the valley. So yeah, um, the Beatles was Brian Wilson. Yeah, that's right, Brian Wilson, mm-hmm. yeah. Mr. Eagle Man. Yep, Mr. Yeah, Mr. T. Epstein made them do those accents because <laughs> it was just so hot at the time. I okay, this is a really cool story. I remember I was talking to Colin Hay from Men at Work, another yeah, band Colin that Hay. I would love to do 
Um, but he said, everyone talks about Beatlemania. Oh, you know, back in the 60s, it was Beatlemania. He goes, there was ne- <clears throat> there was, it was not Beatlemania. It was the British invasion. And what happened was there was that one summer when it all started where for one summer, mm-hmm. every band was equal. Dave Clark Five, Beatles, Freddie and the Dreamers, all the same. Mm-hmm. It took a couple of summers wow. for the bands to go, oh, it's, you guys are going to keep running and we just have the one. Okay, got it. Like, oh, you're going to keep going. I thought yeah. this was a sprint. Or you're going to actually have this. You're going to change the world we live in. Okay, fine. Like, but for a while, it wasn't Beatlemania. It was just, it was the British sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, and <clears throat> to the point where I think Andy Kindler pointed out a lot of bands went during the, the British new wave and post-punk, uh, suddenly a lot of... um. He goes, he goes, his impression of all the bands he played in in the early 80s was, yo! They would all do like this fake British accent because that was how he got people interested in what you did. And a third thing. Yeah. <laughs> yo! But that's how they would say the word, the word you. So, but yeah, like, you know, Phil, and Phil Collins has that great song called Like China, which he sings in this very almost working class, amped up Liverpudlian accent about mm-hmm. kind of a lower class guy trying to date a beautiful girl whose family and it's so painful and heart-wrenching i'll hold you like china you won't feel nothing i'll hold you like china it just like he sounds like a like a low-level british thug singing this song so you know it's amazing that's awesome um is have you ever been made fun of for defending phil collins no because i i i kind of diffuse it because i even when i um I say, in fact, the way that I met um, my first wife, Michelle McNamara, is directly because of Phil Collins. I did a I show, I did a show called "Bring the Rock," and I talked about you. You go up and you you def- you talk about a song that means something to you, whether it's marriage or not. I talked about Phil Collins' as "One More Night," wow. um, which was you know, and <clears throat> my my first like real high school girlfriend was this Irish girl, and I was like, Irish girls are my kryptonite. I talked all about that, about how you know Phil Collins is singing this song, like, just give me one more night. I know there's a better guy, but I'm telling you, I'm the one. I'm just, please. And then as I'm waiting after the show, Michelle walked by and went, hey, Irish girl's nice, and like patted my arm and walked out. And then I was like, duh. And then, <clears throat> and then my friend, Greg Barrett, said, go out, after, go say hi to her, you dummy. And then so I went and... Um, sorry, God, I'm so dry today. Talk to her. So that was kind of how, you know, thanks, Phil. Yeah. But it, I mean, I'm just very upfront about it. I, I don't, I, I love him so much that I don't care what people, there's no, there, there's no proving me wrong because I'm like, mm. it, I, I like his music. So what are you going to, yeah. you know, sure. are you, are you going to somehow convince me mathematically that I'm not enjoying, <laughs> that I'm not feeling this? It'd be like me going, you're not actually enjoying those Cheetos. No, I actually am. <laughs> Why don't we move on? You're not going to win this one. Like that's that, exactly, that was always been my attitude. That's what Tommy was saying about Woody Allen the other day. About what? <laughs> <laughs> Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Only the later stuff. That's all I like. It's, you know, yeah. Uh, Woody Allen is a, it's going to, he will always be a conundrum for me. I don't know about generations after me, but there are certain movies of his, um, specifically Manhattan and Stardust Memories of, that do have some real moments of grace and truth, despite the fact that they were, mm. they're, they're coming out of this creep, but there uh-huh. were moments that made me look at life differently. Yeah. yeah. Why did it come out of that guy? <laughs> but there you go. I wrote like three papers about Annie Hall in college. It was like, the, I watched it a million times. I was really? so obsessed with it. And then it's like, ah. I, I mean, I still love that movie. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to, you can't take back what you already liked. You can't be like, yeah. actually, I never liked it. Yeah. 
So. I did want to bring out, it reminded me of, um, not Woody Allen, away from Woody Allen. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was you, you had that bit about how you don't, like you get to a certain age where you won't enjoy things, like ironically anymore. Right. And I think that ties into like our podcast just in general. <laughs> yeah. You, everyone reaches an age. Mm-hmm. I put it as, I don't hate any music anymore. There's music I don't listen to. Yeah. But yeah. I don't spend time ta- treating it as an affront to me. Yeah. So I just don't listen to it. Because you get to an age, you're like, and also, especially maybe it's because I'm in show business, <clears throat> and I've met enough people that were heroes of mine that were douchebags, yeah. and then people that I used to kind of make fun of or uh-huh. think were hacky, and they're the nicest, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you almost want to go, would you please be a douchebag, and then this <laughs> other guy be the asshole? Because this is upsetting a lot of my <laughs> worldview right now. And also, <clears throat> even beyond that, forget me. You, um, I'm God, I'm so sorry, guys. Hang on. <clears throat> Please edit this out. I don't <laughs> want people. It's like when Robert Durst started yeah, talking yeah. about that too. <laughs> <laughs> of um, course it was me. <laughs> yeah, it's in my Um, the, uh, um, you also, as you get older, especially in showbiz, you meet a lot of people that you realize, oh, they're all, everyone just kind of knows each other and works together. It's all mm-hmm. the same. You know, there's a, there's a great documentary called Dream Deceivers about when uh, Judas Priest was on trial for allegedly making that kid kill himself through their music. It's an amazing documentary. And there's a line that always struck me at the end when Rob Halford's leaving court and they've been you're like, no, you didn't. There's no backward masking on this. This is crazy. And he goes, well, you know, I still feel very bad for this family and that's not the intention of what we're doing and we're looking forward to going back on the road and bringing our form of entertainment to our fans. You realize... Yeah, it's just entertainment. Yeah. Like the, the the harshest punk band and Dolly Parton do the same sound checks, do the same. Okay, let's do, get the song list. How we do, you know? Yeah. As my friend um, Blaine Capatch says, um, that 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 punker um, Gigi Allen, or if I don't remember, so he's this shit. guy that he would shit on his hand in his hand and throw it at the audience <laughs> and perform naked. But he would do this and he goes, "This is Gigi Allen before a show." When I shit in my hand, I've got five. <laughs> I'll be coming off. Five. Like at, at the base, there are all these. So, so yeah. like if 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 Dolly Parton and Rob Halford sat down in a room together, they would have so much in common to talk about. Like, oh, you've done that. Then you, yeah, I don't like the way it echoes. Exactly. Like when I, you know, it's all the same on, yeah. on some level. They're just musicians, and it's weird how you see the connections with what they listen to and what they like and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, anyone who's a songwriter, doesn't matter what medium they're in, like, the, if, if they're in it long enough, they'll go, yeah, Dolly Parton's one of the greatest songwriters on the mm-hmm. planet. I don't, I don't play country music, but my God. Yeah. You know, and, and the reason you don't think she is because you don't know anything about music. Yeah, you know, sure. it's the same with me. Like, everyone says, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you're, you know, your favorite comedian is supposed to be people like, like, you know, David Tell and, you know, David, which I love David Tell. I love mm-hmm. David Cross. I also love Brian Regan and George oh, yeah. Wallace because they're brilliant yeah. joke writers mm-hmm. and Elaine Boozler. And because I've been in it long enough to, to actually see the craft yeah. through the so-called, you know, clicks and, and divisions. It doesn't matter anymore that I'm so that always means something to me when, when, when you see the yeah. much, much bigger connections. Yeah. There are drummers. That are listening and go, well, look, I know that Phil Collins is in your cup of tea. That's some fucking amazing drumming he's doing. Yeah. That's or what I remember when I told I was I was I was talking I was talking to Steve Martin one time and he was telling me about Earl Scruggs where Earl Scruggs got to the point where he could play sixteen notes a second on his wow. banjo. And I told Scott Ian 
from Anthrax. Anthrax so it was yeah. like 16 notes a second, dude. He goes, what? <laughs> That's <laughs> insane. And then he started listening to some Earl Scruggs it's because it's, it's beyond genre. You get into technique and what yeah. you're both doing. Yeah. So, yeah. All of our guests <laughs> have talked to Steve Martin. That is one true. thing I've found. Especially, <laughs> yeah. always, Especially Nick Laval. He's yeah. very, <laughs> yeah. He's very available to, oh, yeah. We better, so. we better, so. we gotta, All right. Thank it. you so much for uh, for coming with us. Uh, Thanks for having show. me on, guys. Yeah, thank you so much, Ben. Yeah. For talking about Phil Collins from sunny L.A. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back. All right. That was fucking Patton Oswalt. How about that? We are one step closer to my goal of getting everyone who was in Blade Trinity to do the show <laughs> at one point or another. Damn it. I wish I could remember anyone else's name besides Wesley uh, Snipes. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> who's the other guy? The, the, oh, I don't know. Uh, who gives a shit? But it is our one goal. <laughs> and uh, if we hit two grand on Patreon, we're going to make it there. <laughs> That's the price for the entire cast. Hey, patreon.com slash standby fan. Uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and promote what, uh, what Patton's got coming up. He's got this, uh, uh, the book just well, came yeah, out. Yeah, so he, he's been on tour, uh, to promote Michelle McNamara's book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Uh, right now it's at number five on Amazon overall, which is crazy. It's so good. It's like a mix of memoir and true crime. Uh, it's honestly, I've read a bunch of true crime books and it's my favorite in the genre. It's so great. So please check it out if you have any interest in that at all. And, um, so insane. He also has an NBC show. AP Bio. Up. AP yeah, yeah. Bio. I think it's already aired. And uh, check out Annihilation. Is that his Netflix special? Yas Queen. And I'm sure he needed us to plug him. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you know what? He, he said he'd only do the show under these conditions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. most importantly, uh, how about you check out Tommy McNamara, Headline in Caroline's March 14th. Yes, and also uh, this week, if you're in Boston, uh, March 2nd, I'll be headlining the Rockwell. So come to that, too. Check that out. Check out me and Nikki Glazer's Sirius XM show, which will also feature Pat Oswalt in the morning, the very morning this, that it is releasing. So uh, check that out. That's uh, Sirius XM Comedy Central 95. And we'll be at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut this very weekend. And also our next uh, Stand By Your Band Live, which March will 15th. have Nikki Glazer That'll on also it. have Nikki Glazer, Tim Dillon, Rob Hayes. Uh, and more. And more. <laughs> more please we just lost everyone yep. yeah. all right thanks for listening guys uh hey keep on rocking oh no <laughs> bye Stand by your bed.